This is Skidmark Show, the internet's favorite podcast. And by favorite, we mean the most popular show about cars and rock stars that has Jeff Allen and Ethan D on it. The bar is set low. Join us as we streak across America, leaving skid marks on your heart and tire smoke in your lungs. Stream us, download us, like us, share us, and give us five-star reviews everywhere you go. And follow us on social media as we go on crazy adventures around the country, proving that we must have impressed someone important because we have no idea why they keep letting us do this stuff. Powered by Pills. Hey, it's Katie Osborne, and you're listening to The Skidmark Show. Hey, guys, it's Steve Darnell from Vegas Rat Rods and Welder Up, and you're listening to Skidmark Show. Hey, it's Jeff Dunham. And it's Walter, and you're listening to Skidmark's show. No one cares. Skidmark's show. Welcome to episode 67. I am Ethan D, and I'll be kicking off the show today before we join Jeff and myself as we'd head out to Autorama down in San Antonio. But first, I got to interview recently an old friend of mine and a guy I hadn't talked to in forever, Charlie Starr, lead singer of the band Blackberry Smoke, who uh, got their start with a friend of ours, Jesse James Dupree from Jackal. He's one of the first guys to ever help get that band up and running with Blackberry smoke so here's charlie star blackberry smoke it's on skidmark show hello hey this is charlie from blackberry smoke charlie it's ethan how are you buddy i'm great ethan how are you i'm doing fantastic man you and i uh and you may not remember this because it's been quite a number of years you and i have hung out and partied a few times before here in lubbock we're also good buddies with jesse and all the guys in jackal and i think uh mike driver and myself met you when you guys were first rolling around well off the first yeah, album man. yeah i remember uh those were wild days and i do remember them yeah it was there was a lot of wild days and i remember uh, so most of it, not all of it, but most of it. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, how are things going, man? You guys are on your sixth album now. Yeah, it seems like um, it seems like a long time. <laughs> Can't lie. One of the but great well. one of the great things about Blackberry Smoke, um, for those of you out there who haven't actually seen the band live, this is one of those bands that. When you guys do it live, what you hear on the CD is it's like it's half the story. Watching you guys perform these songs live is such a more powerful experience because you're one of those bands that just live can do so much more with the songs than you can ever do recording it on a CD. Is that how you guys are building this fan base of yours? I think so. It is, you know, two completely different things. You know, making a record is one thing. That's like, that's you know, it's only so much that you can do. Um, in the studio um, as a live band, as a, a band, you know, um, and uh, we, we just look at it as two different animals. And then, you know, just like you say, when you play live, you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do, you go faster or go slower or play longer or play shorter or whatever. You, know. you guys have been cutting your chops live for quite a long time. You guys were essentially the house band up at Full Throttle Saloon in Sturgis for a number of years, weren't you? Yeah, before the TV show. Isn't that funny the way that worked out? So... So here comes the television show, and then we're gone. <laughs> we could have been household names. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think for a lot of us, you already are. One of the first times uh, we ever did our podcast, Skidmark Show, we were live at Full Throttle Saloon recording, uh, thanks to Senior, and of course, Michael Ballard and all those guys up there. So it's all part of the family with us, too. Yeah, man. I remember so many uh, so many crazy times up there. I remember uh, Mike Ballard was really bad about not telling us where we were going to stay as far as lodging. <laughs> And so I think I've slept on stage one year every night. <laughs> 
That doesn't surprise me one bit. Even though he had all those cabins, he probably still didn't have anything for you guys, huh? Yeah, sorry guys, they're all booked up. I've got all the female dancers in those, and you guys just, uh, I'll take care of you. Well, you know, with all the flaunt girls, um, if each one of them had a room, there's still enough room for each of you guys to share a room with the flaunt girl, right? Uh, it might have worked out that way, uh, truth be told. <laughs> Little uh, not known to Mike Ballard at the time, right? Right, yeah. On the new album, I was checking it out now. Um, the new one, is Let Me Down Easy, a track you got with Amanda Shires is my favorite one. I haven't made it all the way through the album, but that one is, that's just a damn good country song right there. Thanks, man. Let me down easy if you can. Um, I wrote that with an old friend from the band Buck Cherry, uh, the guitar player Keith Nelson. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, Keith and I have been friends for 25 years or so, and, and uh, we wrote a handful of songs just, just for something to do last year, and they wound up being really good ones, I thought. So, so we recorded a few of those, and it's just a simple song. It's kind of a stalker song if you, if you, really, if you really dissect the lyrics. Is it uh, a little similar to uh, Every Breath You Take by the Police uh, in your mind? Uh, yeah, it's sort of the same meaning. Oh, like, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll be around the corner in the shadow. You're cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I must have missed that, that line because I was just uh, sitting back, kind of letting it wash over me at the time. You know, it's one of those things where everybody's been through that breakup and you're like, I don't want this to happen. But, it, you know, it's going to anyways. And it's dealing with all of that. Like, oh, crap. Now I'm not going to have the girl around anymore. What do I do? So it was just it really is a great a country song and you guys have branched down into some of the country stuff with the last couple albums too haven't you i don't know i mean we kind of do the same thing that we've always done but i don't pitch my accent or maybe every once in a while there's some pedal steel on a song say oh that's country but i don't know i just i've always thought we're a rock and roll band first and foremost you know well uh you guys have definitely rocked the house every time i've seen you live are you guys heading back out on a tour sometime soon we're in the middle of one basically we never stop for too long and uh, we're home now till the end of the week, and then we'll resume. We just we just uh, changed the name of the tour. <laughs> there you go. It's nonstop lifestyle on the road, huh? That's it. The only way to go. One of the things I, I think a lot of people need to know about you, uh, you guys are always raising money to benefit children's cancer research with your tours and your music, too. Uh, that's a big part of your life and your career, isn't it? It is, yeah. Our drummer, Britt Turner, his daughter is a cancer survivor. Thank God. And uh, and there was just an outpouring of support and love from not only our fans, but, but even from the people at Children's Hospital here in Atlanta. And uh, it just made all the sense in the world when we're, when we're, you know, thinking about, well, if we had to choose, you know, um, a charitable organization or a cause, that seems like the, the, the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Anything for kids, you know, and especially cancer research. I've done stuff for St. Jude telethons before, and that's just yeah. how you know you're actually making a, a, some kind of difference in someone's life. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a more unfair situation in the world than those sick children. I can't either. And another great thing is, uh, along with raising that money for children's cancer research, part of the way you do that is all your merchandise made right here in the USA, too, which is great. So much stuff is coming out of China. You guys wanted to keep it here at home. I mean, another, another, uh, I guess you could call it a cause, you know, but um, a friend of mine is a singer, songwriter in a band called Driving and Crying, and he wrote a song called The Great American Bubble Factory, 
because he bought a bottle of bubbles for his kid and was like, why can't we make bubbles here in America? It's basically soap, right? Why do right. I have to buy bubbles from China? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, well, that's, uh, that's a good movement. I love it, man. I want to thank you guys for all the work that you do. The new album is called Sea Light, and uh, it's going to be out very soon. It's already out. It's a final light, actually. It's out now? Yeah, it come, comes out on Friday. Comes out on Friday. All right. BlackberrySmoke.com. Of course, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BlackberrySmoke. Charlie, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Thank you guys, man. I hope to see you soon. So it's Skidmark Show. We are here in San Antonio. Carfest, Autorama, awesomeness. And the Dan Cruz Classic Auction. Exactly. It is yes. all those things. Things. Threes. It's the three things. Mm-hmm. All those things. It's like a three-ring circus. It is. I'm Pretty much with Feeling cars. like an elephant. Are you? <laughs> or the guy that follows the elephant <laughs> with the shovel. <laughs> oh, man, the visual. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun. Well, it's um, our third year back for yes. the San Antonio Autorama, and so I'm like, super excited about that because with all the things that are going on Autorama-wise, yeah. we get to hand out, my favorite part of it is doing the Flat Auto Awards. Right. Because it's not just those high quality, you know, there's there's Autorama cars that go tour around the United States. Right. These are, right. you know, six-figure builds. Yeah, and they're competing. They're right. competing for the World Autorama, Autorama Championships. Or, or like they go they go to the, the, the Mecca, Detroit. Yeah. And they win the, the big Autoramas. Right. There's, there's all different levels of Autoramas. Yeah, you don't want to call them ringers but these guys it's what they do they do it better than a lot of people yes and i mean that's their whole lives right is building and touring the build right and right? that's that's not really what we're about well we're about going in there and we appreciate those cars right we respect the hell out of them. oh man because of the time and effort that goes into them but we already know that those are obviously gonna win in their class with the autorama it just happens they're gonna win that's awards it. they're gonna win awards whether the whole it's way. here or another place right and so you guys decided and uh, it was such a great idea that we've done it every year yes the flat out awards mm-hmm. where we go in and we find the sleeper builds yeah. The ones that aren't probably at the top of everybody's list, but we know they've done something special. Right. Like, to me, the, it, it has to hit one of the three criteria. Yeah. It has to either just be, like, a amazing piece of automotive history yeah. with a great backstory. Yes. Or if it's like a, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, unfortunately, the modern cars don't get my attention as much as some of the older stuff just because I know that, you know, it's easy to go out and buy a new car. Right. And then take it and show it, right? Yeah. So there, those cars have to have something special to them. Yeah. They have to have some customization to them or it has to be display driven. You know, like if you go in and you see some display that just blows your mind and, the, you know, it can have a new Corvette on it, it can have a new Camaro, but if the display is killer. Right. Which we saw quite a few of those. Correct. And yeah. That, that's kind of what I look for. Yeah. You know? And then I, I, I look for people that really are true car enthusiasts you can tell you can tell the difference oh yeah yeah you can tell the ones that slapped a car together yep. or you can tell the ones that were real passionate about it had a theme stuck to their theme and they 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 did it well yeah they executed well and you know what's sadly um there's a trend right now in people that they're probably car people but they've got more money than skill they buy a new car they put a themed paint job on a couple spots 
and then they show that as a car where they haven't really done anything like there were there were some cartoon or movie themed vehicles right where we walked by and we're like oh that's a cool idea it is it's fun right but I don't think you did anything. Like you aren't like you. There's a paint job, so there's a lot of people painting with a lot of Correct. skill painting, and I yeah. com- I get that. Well, but yeah, it, because that's kind of like tattoo art. Right. When you look at some of the airbrush art, I mean, those guys are really good. Like yeah. one of the cars that we picked, in yeah. fact, under the hood. Yeah. If you just saw the car going down the street, it was it was pretty mellow, other yep. than it had a uh, huge killer bee on the side of yeah. it. But it was done in a way that it was almost looked factory, like Mopar factory. Because, yeah. you know, Mopar has the Hellcat uh, graphics on the side of them. So this one had a killer bee graphic on the side. Right. Done, done it in the style of the factory uh, decals. But when you open the car up, though. Yeah, when, once you open the car up, it was like game over. Yeah. I mean, there was bees under the hood and hive and, and, and the extent of the artwork and then I judged it off artwork. I yeah. almost felt like I was Ink Master. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, it was Paint Master. But, you know, you're looking at it and you're going, wow, that, that bee is really three-dimensional and looks like a real bee. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that was kind of one of the things that I was like, you know what? That, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, uh, Sure. <laughs> we're not doing anything here. No, we're okay. totally not so, recording a show at all. <laughs> Please, so, come on. So that, you know, in the Killer Bee things he did on the yeah. white letter tires. It, but but it, I, I, I gave him credit because it was something, that car you could drive to work every day. Yeah. And nobody would know the extent well, of the stuff hidden in under the hood. Right, but there were still some graphics on the outside. And, and yeah. when you popped the hood, there was paintwork done on engine components and, and framework components and the hood itself. Correct. So there was a, a lot of stuff done. There were some cars There's in there. There's a lot of thought that went into it. Yeah, but there were some cars in there where somebody bought it and they said, it's got a color theme that matches this movie thing, so pay somebody to paint something under the hood about the movie. I'm gonna buy a couple toys and set it next to it. And right. now that's a car show car? I, you know, I, I appreciate what they're going for, but I don't see that being very spectacular for me. Well, right, and I, I think too, you know, part of my issue with that is like, I, I look at it from a trademark standpoint. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to build a car and I wanted to make it uh, Batman themed, for example, right. I wanted to do a lot, a lot of famous, uh, famous not that long ago was to take a yellow Camaro and obviously it was the Transformers it was Bumblebee oh there's so many Bumblebees yeah yeah and even even Chevrolet made a Bumblebee Transformer edition right you owned one of those but that was a legit one though right right but no but I mean you could go to the dealer right and buy a Bumblebee edition Bumblebee edition with the Transformer logos I get that yeah and there's a certain there's a certain place for that but you're absolutely right now now some of the cars over there like Deadpool who we gave an award to the year Deadpool was special Deadpool went over the top right he took a concept and took it to uh, the stratosphere yeah absolutely and he even kicked it up a notch this year yeah because it was last year that we saw him and he had done a great job yeah and he went home and he did more yes and that was where I was like Man, his car deserves to win. Yeah. But the killer bee at the end just had an overall better theme to me. And and I liked it because he didn't take something that was already existing. Right. I mean, yes, 
Mopar is known for rumble bees, super bees. They were into bees. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a weird thing. Yeah. But in the, for him to take in and make a killer bee, I'm actually shocked. It was honeycomb painting inside the interior of the engine, so it looked like a hive. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked Hennessy or one of these other performance people that yeah. are so tied in with Mopar ha- didn't already do a killer bee edition. Yeah, really? Because that would have been kind of yeah. cool, right? Call it a stinger. Uh, well, except Kia's got a stinger now. Kia's got a stinger, so, so that might dilute the brand a little bit. But think about you, you the bee's been out longer. If they had gone with a stinger before, Kia'd be searching for a name right now. Right. So. Right, right, right. Now, getting back to <laughs> where we are, CarFest. Yes. We're right smack dab in the middle of CarFest. Yes, we are. Pretty soon, we're going to have a gentleman on that's going to talk all about CarFest. Yep. But before we do that... We also took a walk around here. Obviously, we just talked about the Autorama portion yep. of it, and uh, we're, we did we did go over there and do our twelve flat out awards. Yes, which was great. And, and you know, the crowd gets into it. Yeah, they do. You know, because I, I think everybody wants to win something. Oh yeah, and they appreciate it when you acknowledge their car, their build, it's yeah, their stuff. Anyway, so that's not all that's going on at this deal. No, we just went through a museum. Yes, within this event. That was an automotive history museum. It's the Texas Automotive Historical Museum. Correct. That put up a huge display here. It's what, 30 cars maybe? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it actually, it starts with the history of horseless carriages. Yes. And for those of you who don't know about San Antonio, it is one of the oldest cities in America. In the 1600s, like there were people having a city in San Antonio before the Mayflower landed at Plymouth Rock. Really? Yes. And it was called San Antonio? Yeah. I mean, the missions. Oh, right, right, right. And, yes. uh, and uh, Mission San Antonio. The Aztecs. And the Alamo. Right. right. Yeah. And maybe not Aztecs. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was uh, be. natives. There was no there, were, there was no pyramids in San Antonio? I don't think there were any pyramids. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been cool, though? Well, it was Next the original the spot of the Luxor. Yeah, they could have had a, could have had a pyramid and then the, and then the Riverwalk. That would have been and awesome. And then the Alamo. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was a tourist trap back then, though. You know, a lot of tchotchkes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, it was a shot glass collection kind of spot. What is gotcha. what it was, so. gotcha. But, uh, you know, it's one of the oldest cities in the country. And so the history of the car. But at that point, whose country was it yeah. when it started? It's been a few. Okay, because I was like, didn't we buy this? Well, no. Didn't it belong to? I think it belonged to Mexico. There, well, yeah, we didn't. Oh, we, took we it, didn't we, buy it. Oh, that's right. We took it by force. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. We bought the Louisiana purchase. Right. And then we just said, hey. And that went up and over us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the rest of this came later on. There was yeah. a thing, you know. Remember the Alamo? Right, right. I, I got it now. Yeah, but history stuff you guys talk amongst yourself right anyway yeah, because that's not what skidmark show has never been known no, no. as the history channel but that just goes to show that the horseless carriage yes uh aka the car right has been here in this area since i mean before there were cars right and that's what this museum shows it literally has like one of the very first it was a 1903 curved front oldsmobile Oh, or okay. a Cadillac, one oh, of those. Now I, you don't. What, are I, you kidding me? I've got the picture. You don't have the factoid here. I do have the factoid. I was just thinking, holy cow! But let's been flash back a minute. Think yeah. about it. Right now we're at Car Fest. Yes. Right. If we were to flash back like 120 years ago, it would have been Horse Fest. It would have been Horse. And Fest. everything here that you see here could have been going on with horses. Yeah. Isn't that funny? How things don't. I mean, just just grasp this concept for a second. We still use the term horsepower. Yes, we do. After all these years. Yes, we do. We can't come up with another measurement 
for power and speed well, and performance. Thankfully, we actually measure it differently. I know, but isn't it funny <laughs> we still call it horsepower? That's well, what I'm saying. And honestly, they do still have a horse fest. It's just called the rodeo. <laughs> No, I get it, but what I'm saying is 100 years ago, yeah. this would have been a horse fest. Absolutely. And these guys would have been giving away 10 horses mm -hmm. every two hours yep. to needy families, right? Or maybe even a wagon. They would have had horses up on lifts. Right. They'd have been and draining then, the fluids. It would have been the Dan, <laughs> it would have been the Dan Cruz classic <laughs> horse auction, right? Yeah. Because they had horse auctions back 100%. then. 100%. Right. They'd have gone out and got a bunch of Mustangs. Yeah. Branded them Dan Cruz. Yep. And they'd have rocked them across the block. Yeah. And then across over here, you would have had... Horse-a-rama. Horse-a-rama. <laughs> and there would have been some people who would have just had like some branding work done. Right. And there would have and some people would have had some really, really sweet looking horseshoes. Really nice bridles and saddles. and I mean, they'd have, they'd have sucked that up. <laughs> they'd have tooled that leather work. Yeah, we would have yeah. had to have the flat out horse award back then. But anyway, flash forward. I mean, that's what happens when I go through a museum. I yeah. flash back and I think of these things because I've always thought to myself, why do we call it horsepower? You yeah. know what I mean? And it's because everything was always measured off a horse. Exactly. And us as men, because women probably would have named it something cooler. And mm -hmm. I'm giving them credit for that because men were always like, Whoa. Well, my, my, my horse can my pull horse this is, much. Is fast. No, but then my, my horse was faster than your horse. My horse is faster. And then, oh, wait a minute. My, my horseless carriage is faster than your horse. Mm -hmm. Wait, the train, I, my, my train can outrun your horse. You guys Everything. have been racing since there have been things yes, to race. Exactly. This is, my this is what we do. Yeah, exactly. My so. so, anyway, getting back to it, we're through the museum. Yeah. I don't know. Did you did you get around to the Hudson? Yeah. Okay. I got every, pictures of that for my kids too. The Hudson Hornet. I know. Okay. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. Every time I see one, two door, four door, doesn't have to be a cartoon. I I don't know why it is, and, and I'm not gonna get teary eyed right now, but I, maybe I will. Yeah. I always envision Paul Newman. I do too. And I always think to myself, wouldn't it have been cool? I, I, it's one of those things you look back and you go, man, I really wish I could have had 10 minutes and talked to him. That would have been awesome. Because a racing guy, a car fanatic, yes. and his, a, just a legend. His, his love of the automobile, yep. his love of the racing industry. They said when he was on set doing movies, in between takes, that's all he was talking about yep. was cars and racing. And to me, I think that would have been one of the most epic conversations to have. And that guy could eat some eggs. True, I've seen that too. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke. For those of you cool who are wondering, Luke, yes. just and he could make some salad dressing. He could, <laughs> lots of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, we also saw a really, really cool, and there's pictures of it up on our social media. For those of you who uh, follow us on there and Instagram at Skidmark Show and Facebook.com/slash/Skidmark Show and SkidmarkShow.com. Right. Plug, plug, plug. Yes. Uh, one of the original Shell fuel delivery vehicles. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta, you gotta look at that for a second. Yeah. You gotta think the Shell folks were cool even back in 1923. Oh, you know why? Man. You know why they were so cool? Why is that? They gave their drivers convertible delivery trucks. Yes, they did. Right? It was 100% cool. So think about that. You're back cruising in 1923 in between stops, top down, getting yeah. some sand, little tan action going on. You could put the top down if you wanted. If it started to rain, you could put the top up. I mean, they didn't have windows, so you were still going to get rained on. Oh, they had a windshield. And windshield. Yeah, shield. And the windows. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, I mean, most cars back then were not closed in at all. No, and the the way the car is designed, too, if you notice how the roof is yeah. uh, past the windshield, windshields were, um, even though people were a lot smaller, yeah. from what I've heard. Yeah. I, or maybe that's just well, what they tell me. When you I look get at their pedals. When I get behind the wheel. You look at, well, right now, everybody's smaller than you right but you look at the pedals of those old cars their feet had to have been about one inch wide well 
There's three pedals. Yeah, like the three really pedals. And you know, the funny thing, when you talk about driving those cars, most yep. people think that the one is the accelerator pedal, and it's not. Wait, now, it's okay. on the column. There, there's th wait, there's three pedals on the floor. Correct. And you're saying the accelerator's on the column. Yes. Okay, so what what's on the floor? Well, you have your I mean, clutch. Okay. You have your brake. Okay. And, and then you have the magic pedal. No, I think that's a starter, isn't it? I think it's a starter pedal. Um. Mm -hmm. And yep. then there's a, a lever. It's a starter pedal. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of. It's a. It was a very difficult thing to drive a car back then. Correct. I mean, you you think and most kids can't drive a stick these days. Oh, you you wouldn't want to put something in there. You could not text and drive in that. There's no way. You can barely drive. Right. It's I mean, uh, it's uh, no. It's true. I, I've owned a couple of those Model Ts. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're Fun. They're a pain in the butt to drive. Yeah. Uh, but fun. But, that you know, you could actually get out, and some people, I mean, maybe not me right now in the shape I'm in, but when I was in my prime, I could yep. probably outrun one. <laughs> you know, because when you're under full acceleration, you know, you... It's it, 18 but, miles an hour max, and that's downhill. Right. But what's weird is you had to be able to... You almost had to be a little mechanical yeah. to start one, because you had to... One side is your spark. Right. And that's basically your timing, you know? So you're basically adjusting it on the fly. Now, now this is post-crank... Or is this uh, well, if it had a, if it had the floor, you know, pedal, which was a starter, okay. then it, then it would have been. Because there were some, I mean, there were some before, vehicles that needed two people to start the damn correct. thing. Correct. You had to have the crank. Well, here's the funny thing, though. Even when you look at the Model Ts, they still had the crank. Yeah. For an emergency. Oh, okay. So you had the crank in the front. Yeah. If you couldn't get it, your starter button, like yeah. maybe your starter wore out, like you you wore down your battery. Right. You could get out and manually crank it over. Okay. Which is a workout. Well, yeah, I've done it, and it is not fun. They'll break your arm if you yes, get If it catches at the wrong time and you're in the wrong motion and you're not ready to jump. It will jump, snap you. It, it, it will hurt. Yeah, It'll I mean, it's, it's madness there. And, uh... That I was looking at. Uh, Luckily, their... the belt that connects everything is yeah. made out of leather. <laughs> it's oh, not. Okay. It's not. It's not real. It'll know, slip a little if you need will, to. It will, but it's not real. There's not as much tension as there is in the modern motors. You know? Yeah. But when you're turning one over, you can kind of feel the compression as right. you go and the stroke, and it's kind of like you're. Ooh, and you kind of need to know when to let go. So I'm making that, that hand motion in public. Uh, yeah, well, I know we're an audio podcast, but I'm. <laughs> but there's still I'm people around looking at us. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, now. we're just we're do, we're showing what you, how you cranking. Uh, a, yeah, we're cranking a 1914 Model T, guys. Ma'am, we're just know. cranking a car. It's please, all right. No, please no put problem. the phone down. Yes, it's okay. Okay. It's funny how people take pictures of us when we're, when we're in this. Um, or ask for directions. <laughs> hey, do you know where the snack bar is? Uh, I know it's not right here where we're recording a show. That's that, okay. Yeah. Uh, there, no, there was a vehicle next to the Shell fueled truck. Yes. Um, and the gentleman from the museum was telling me all about it. He opened up the hood, you know, one of them flappy side hoods. Yes. Uh, and he, and a you, butterfly flap, yeah. Yeah. And you looked inside and he goes, uh, we replaced the plugs and the wires. Once we did that, we hit the starter and it fired right up. And this had been stored for 70 years. They found this vehicle 70 years later. They didn't replace any fluids. They put new gas in, obviously new fuel. Right. But other than that, it was a new plug and wires, and they cranked it, and it was going. And that just goes to show you that these vehicles are 
they're like nonstop. You can't stop them. It's it's did, cool. Did you see the night is right next to the shell car on on the uh, well? It depends on how you're standing there. If but you're looking at it, it, it was a car before. If okay. you started from the beginning, I, I it saw was a that. 1914 Ford Model T touring car, right? Yeah. But what I loved about it was in the window it said that it was a barn find. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it for 70 years, right? Stored for 70 and, years. And the funny thing I have to say about it was, where else do you think you're going to find that? Yeah. You could. It couldn't have been a garage find no. back then. No. They didn't store their cars in garages. They no. stored them in the barn. You know why? That's where they had their horse and their buggy. Well, that's where that's what people had. Yeah. You yeah. had a house, and then you had the a barn. barn. You didn't have a garage. A no. garage is something that evolved. And even in like the 50s and 60s, most houses were built with maybe a one car. Yeah. Here's food for thought, ladies and gentlemen, for all you car enthusiasts out there. Yes. We still use the term horsepower. Yeah. But why isn't our garage still called a barn? Oh. I'm just throwing it out there, guys. Throwing it out there. Mm, just, good question. Okay. You know why I'm throwing it out there? Because I want some brainiac, and maybe yep. it'll be somebody at Shell Eco Marathon, you know, with a triple PhD right. or something, to come up with a new form. You know, like everything is techie, man, right? Everything yep. we do is, is advanced. Cars yeah. are advanced. We got, we got. Bugattis out there that are producing 1,400 horsepower. Hennessy's about to launch a 1,600 horsepower car. Yeah. All these... Holy cow. Right, exactly. Oh, I have another holy cow. So all this stuff is going on. You could go out and buy a modern muscle car off the showroom. 700, 800 horsepower. They're all competing. It's all awesome. I love it. I'm glad to be alive during this time frame yep. versus the time when it was only 200 horsepower. Oh, yeah. Again. It's a great time to be alive. But at the same time, we're still using old terms. And I think it would be cool that we step up our terms. Yeah, well, the thing, uh, well, and a lot of people don't realize what horsepower actually is. Right. It's, what is horsepower? It's a unit of measurement of how much a, a horse could essentially lift or move a certain amount of weight over a period of a minute. Okay. It's, it's a strange thing. It's not like what you think it is, but it's a unit of expression of power. Yes, it which is. Which is why, you There's know. so many horsepower. Right. So because they would measure it like off of stagecoaches and they would say, oh, we have a we have a six horse team or right. we have an eight horse team and we can go X amount of miles per hour. Right. Right. And, but a lot of people think, oh, well, that's what equivalent to if you actually had a horse pulling your car, how fast it would go. And it has nothing to do with that. It's measuring how much you can move weight over a course of time, which is why we still use it is what I'm saying. That's the reason it hasn't been updated is because the term horsepower is applicable even though it sounds old. It sounds really old. The science it sounds really old. is still the same. You know, we talk about we talk about all the, you know, all, even off the show, we talk about trends. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, the other day we're like, hey man, we really need to go to your daughter, your yeah. oldest one, yeah. and say, hey, what... What are you listening to? And I did that, and right. I found a band I'd never heard of and made friends with the guy. See? There yeah. you go. So that's my point, is I think some of those terms need to change. It's just a thought, guys. It's just a thought. Well, let's do this. Why don't we tell people, we hey. to expand on it. It's just a thought that is bothering me. Go to our, uh, our uh, Facebook page or Instagram or something. Yeah. Share, us, uh, share with us your ideas for maybe what we should change horsepower to. What do you think we should call it? I, I mean, don't know. I don't know, but maybe NASA or somebody has a word. So for it. let's come up with like a poll. Let's come up with some of the best ideas we have. We and, should and switch it out and say, hey, what do you guys think we should change the term horsepower to? Right, because yeah. when you go, when you talk about horsepower, yeah. right, your horsepower is, um, you know, it, when you're talking about horsepower in a car, you're talking about, like, I mean, you're equating it to how. 
what's the word I'm trying to get out of right now? I'm, I'm tongue-tied. Let me back up. Skip that. We, we use the word horsepower. Yep. But then when we refer to torque. Yeah. Torque isn't like mule power. No, it's not. It's not, you know, torque is that off-the-line force. Right. To get inertia so you can go. Exactly. So... Why are we? Why don't we use that term? You know, I, and that's or, a, or cow power, and that's another or thing. ox power, cow power. I don't think anybody would buy anything called cow power. <laughs> and by the way, can I just tell all the English uh, fans that we have? Yes. It's torque. It's not torques. Something doesn't have 500 torques. It's not like there's tiny little torques. Oh, dude, those guys will be correcting us all day long. I had so many. I, I, I said. Uh, I made the mistake of, uh, and I say mistake, because I, here's the thing. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Right. right? I said Jaguar, and it was Jaguar. No. And I'm like, who cares? It is not. A Jaguar, Jaguar. Jag, a Jaguar, a Jaguar is a South American animal, yes. a big cat from the jungle. But are we even, And the term Jaguar comes from the original Aztecs and Incas from that area who called it a Jaguar. It was never a Jaguar. Well, if you talk to somebody I don't uh, care, they're in wrong. the world of the cars, they're going to tell you. There's, there, but it, it's the same thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's Porsche. It's Porsche. Okay, that can it's, go either uh, way. I, yeah. The thing I think well, the weirdest. You, no, you can't go either way. It depends on who you're talking well, to. Well, okay, okay. That's if you're true. just talking that's to true. somebody that's laid back and cool, call it whatever you want. Here's what I found was a little weird. Okay. Uh, we have aluminum. Yes. In, the, in the colonies. In England, they have aluminium. Aluminium. But it's actually spelled differently. So that's not a mispronunciation in as much as it is actually spelled differently, but it's the same. They have aluminium cans with an extra I. Oh. They're not aluminum. Hey, they're, at least they threw, they, at at least least they they spelled threw it. in an extra I. Right. I mean, if they were going to say it wrong, right. at least they decided to go ahead and spell it wrong to right. match. So good on you, uh, Queen. All right. Now let's Queen get Lizzie. back to present day because we're, we're rambling. Right? Okay. So now Dan Cruz Classic yep. auction is going on, right? 125 vehicles at this auction. And Sweet. I don't know if you perused it like I did. A little bit. Not like well, you did. you know me, I, I've... It's like squirrel, you know, a car auction, squirrel, yeah. you know. So I went over there, and, and one of the first things I saw was the uh, 1976 Mustang that was not the one in Charlie's Angels, but it looked like the one from Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was a replica. I mean, it wasn't really a replica. It was a real car. It was a similar... It was a similar car, similarly equipped. Yeah. Not quite similar. Gotcha, similar gotcha, equipped. gotcha, yeah, yeah. Close. Yeah. But they were promoting it as, hey, this is real close. There was the no angel you're... ass in that car? Is no. no, 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 no. But I got to tell you, it was, it was cool marketing. They yeah. had the cutout. They had all this stuff. And that was one of the cars I thought, you know, I, I should buy that if it's cheap. And then I'm like, well, what do I need it? I don't yeah, need it. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm getting to is we were talking about, um, you know, revolutionary changes in the auto industry, right? Yes. And, and nobody really cares for those that that version of a Mustang. No. And if they say they do, they're full of it. Because yeah. there's only one car. Well, okay. I take that back. There's two cars from that era that I would actually buy that are collectible, but I wouldn't say that they are really cool. Yeah. But that's they actually made a King Cobra. 
one back then edition which was really wild with spoilers and stuff and then shelby made one right know? and that, that those are you know kind of cool i was about to say because there's not a lot of 70s version shelby's that you see yeah and i don't even know how many shelby's made like i you almost know, feel like carol in the 70s was like nope 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 well, ain't doing it okay. and then the 80s came around he's like okay we'll go fox body on a couple of them no he didn't back he didn't then fox no no because he followed uh lee iacocca Oh, yeah. So Iacocca moved from Ford to Chrysler. To, to Chrysler. And if you watch the history of that, because it's really uh, it's really interesting. One day they'll make a movie of it. Yeah. I'm serious about this. But uh, Iacocca, you know, I think he basically got fired from Ford because Ford was jealous of what Iacocca had done with the Mustang and what he had done with the company. Yeah. Ford Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So... Iacocca moves on to Chrysler. He, this is a failing company, really not doing well, and he needs to revive it. And he brings Shelby into that, and that's when they took the Omni and they were turbocharging it, and that was a Shelby. Yeah. They took the, they made the Shelby Dakota pickup truck, and they made the Shelby Daytona. Remember the Daytonas? I these? do. Yes. Yeah. They weren't really cool. But it was a show. You know what's sad, though, is that most standard people who aren't car people are going to remember the Iacocca Chrysler era for? The K-Car. The Aerostar. The no, minivan. No, Aerostar's a Ford. The, the Aerostar was? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Because uh, the Chrysler had a minivan, and they all look like space shuttles. Correct. Well, well, actually, if you look at the at Ford, yeah. Aerostar looks like a space shuttle. Looks Does like it? the nose of a space shuttle. Okay. Yeah. But the, what? It'd be uh, a Shelby Aerostar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Ford Aerostar, completely different monster than the, um, you know, we're the talking, Chrysler. The Chrysler, because what what it was is, he, he his really claim to fame was he came out with the K car. Yeah. And the K car was a terrible car. Yes, it was. No, oh no offense, Lee. You had no, great it's a crappy car. It is a crappy car. I mean, even the logo is a K and a square. Right, and then they morphed that into a minivan. The car was square. The logo was square. The only thing cool about it was in planes, trains, and automobiles. That was the coolest K car I ever saw. It caught on fire. It burned the dash out. That was the greatest part about it. Yeah, and John Candy got pulled over, and they, he said, do you know how fast you're going? No, sir, because the speedometer's uh, melted. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to that, so... That, that moved into the, the minivan. Right. And they're really, Dodge really put the minivan on the mark, on the, on the map. Yeah. They really did. And uh, thank goodness we've gotten out of that phase mm-hmm. because the, the Mopars of today are a lot better yeah. <laughs> than the ones in the 80s. But anyway, circling back to that. So we were talking about the Ford Mustang too. Yes. The coolest thing that ever came out of that design was the suspension. Now, you mentioned that earlier when we were wandering. What's up with that suspension? Why? Because that car is not good looking. No, but the suspension was so much better than the previous generations. Yeah. And it was so user-friendly that it became the standard in street, you know, street cars. Yeah. And anybody that was building a street machine or a hot rod back then, especially a full-fendered car that didn't not the didn't want the exposed front suspension, you know, with the because a lot a lot of guys go for the old school look in the front because it looks cooler. Yeah. But if you're doing a full fender car, you can hide that Mustang too underneath. But it's very popular and very well reserved. In fact, my Falcon, sixty three Falcon is running Mustang two suspension in the front end. So what, what, like, what is it? Uh, leaf springs? Is no, it? no, no. It's it's actually, uh, you know, upper and lower control arms. It's, oh, okay. it's a modern version of it, but it, it came out in the Mustang too, 
and it kind of caught on and it became like you know i don't know who the first guy was that did it in hot rod magazine i could yeah. probably research it and go who was the first person to ever use mustang two suspension yeah. other than ford and there's probably a lineage that'll talk about it right. right but the bottom line is it became a staple yeah like oh does that have mustang two suspension yeah you know, and it's funny how you go through those things because it's like uh, as trends change and things go, you know, things come and go. But Mustang 2 suspension has survived like decades. Wow. Right. Like you could go on today online yeah. and you can look up Mustang 2 conversion kits and it's pretty much for any application you want to build. Wow. And it's all set up and it's all trick stuff, but it's based off the Mustang 2 suspension the original one that was put in the ford and it's funny because other than that that car aesthetically is poor oh god yeah they they went for they went way backwards in the mustang world yeah and it's like they tried to appeal to the they were appealing to the epa and the economy they were looking for it was a gas crunch you know you're talking about when fuel you know you can only fill up on mondays and wednesdays it was the embargo of the 70s yeah, 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 yeah all that stuff but it was oh god it was so, so that, bad yeah and so then the car didn't really bounce back you know until yeah. the fox body and the fox body took hold and then they started putting power back in the car right with the 5.0 motor and then those cars were deadly on the streets yes they were because they would they would sock it to you that mustang 5.0 was a beast yeah it was yeah. i had a friend that had one of those in high school and it was like oh the coolest car ever and they're coming back yeah right now that is the car you know, if you can find an original Fox body in mint condition, buy it, sit on it, because those cars are jumping right now. Yeah, I found a couple that, I mean, they're, they're not in good condition, though, but the Fox bodies, they're, they're out there, because a lot of them were made, and a lot of them were wrecked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of police departments, including the California Highway Patrol, yeah. ran the Fox body Mustangs for several years versus the Camaros. They went from the Camaro to the Mustangs. Yeah. And they ran them. And what they liked about them, they, they would get them in the LX configuration so they had a full trunk. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the GTs then had the hatch. But you could get an LX with the 5.0, same, same platform as a GT, but with the notchback. Oh, And nice. it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's funny because every once in a while I'll be perusing through Craigslist and I'll run across, this is a real CHP Mustang LX. And people collect them. They keep them in pristine condition. Yeah. You know, they restore them back to the way they were for the, the California Highway Patrol. But that was a car that you, you didn't want to cross in the middle of the night. No. Because you, you had a high likelihood that you could not outrun it. More than then. likely not. And uh, if you've ever questioned that, you guys need to go back and review your Blues Brothers movies. When, right. So, you know, when they pick up uh, Jake, and he goes, you pick me up from prison in a cop car? And he goes, it's got cop engine, cop suspension, cop transmission. There's a reason for that. Go watch your Blues Brothers. Cop cars have it going on. They still do have it going on. And they always, I, I've always wanted to drive through a mall after I that know, movie. so cool. I was like, that was the coolest way to shop. 100%, yeah. yeah. I, was, I so want to do that one day. Hopefully that's on my bucket list. Well, now, let's start making phone calls. As we went through the museum, because yep. we're getting back to the museum now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> as you started with the horseless carriages and we moved up, yep. because unfortunately a lot of people do not understand the horseless carriage era, nor do they collect them anymore. No. Because it wasn't something that impacted them as a kid. Right. Those people are long... Long dead. Gone. Right. Right. And the few that are around, they, they're not, you know... They're not driving. Yeah. No. <laughs> At this no, point, thankfully. right? Thankfully. Right. I mean, if you, if, you, if you loved a 1903 
Oldsmobile, right? You are probably not... 130 years old right now. Correct. Right. So, anyway, getting off of that. So, as we came back around the curve, yep. you're starting to see the modern era cars. Yep. They had a really cool display, a lot of variety. I like that when you go to a museum and it's not just repetitive, repetitive, right. repetitive. A couple 30s, so, gangster Chevys. Yeah, but then we, but even far past that, we went past the Hudson's, yep. we were moving, we were moving the needle, we're moving yep. on up, we're seeing some Mopars, we're seeing some Fords. We got to the, the Rolls-Royce. Yeah. Every time I see a Rolls-Royce like that, that 72 Rolls-Royce, all I think about is Cannonball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. right? I think about Arthur. A lot. Arthur had the older school one right. with, the, with the, uh, the trunk yeah. that went down, you know, the back. Right. Um, and those are probably mid to late 50s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the one in there was a 70s. That was a 72. That's, 72. When, that's when they got kind of that modern look. Yeah. Because Rolls carried on with that older look for quite a while. For a long time, yeah. I mean, they may have even stretched into the 60s with that design before they switched off of it. Because that was what was prestigious. And the 70s look is, if you take a one of the most popular Jaguar body styles and just raise it up a little thicker. Yes. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it, actually, it'd be cool to make one into all-wheel drive, you know, off-road. Oh, yeah. Like a Baja car. With the, with the lights, oh, wouldn't that so be cool? Awesome. Let's do that. Let's do that with the rolls. Okay. We need to do that with the rolls. But, but did, most of our listeners, if you don't know this, research this. This is a great history lesson for you. Think back to World War II and where a lot of our motors came for our planes. Oh, they were Rolls-Royce engines. Yes. Yeah. They still, Rolls-Royce, I think they sell more plane engines than cars uh, by a long shot. Yeah. There's still a lot of Rolls-Royce plane engines on like Gulfstream jets or something. But so. what I'm saying for the for the, the collector that doesn't have a lot of money but wants a lot of class, yeah. you can pick up one of these Rolls-Royces. For nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And it's not going to be forever. That needle is moving. Yeah. So you want to jump on one now, because if you're going to get like a silver spur, you're going to get a, a silver cloud or whatever you're going to do, you need to do it quickly. Yeah. Because like that 72 car that may only be worth 10 grand a day, shortly that's going to be worth 20, 30, yeah. whatever. Now, it may never reach back to its original asking price, which was astronomical in the 70s. Holy cow. But I'm telling you, those are a bargain. And even though everybody gets scared of the maintenance on one of those, look, it's like maintaining anything else. As long as you take care of it and read the in the rules and stuff, some of the some of the problems with the the Rolls Royces and the Bentleys, I'll, I'll be, you know, frankly, you know, upfront with you, yeah. they use some weird stuff. You're right. Like vegetable oil for you know instead of brake fluid. For example, uh, yeah, that is a little weird. Right. Yeah. So there's things that you need to know. Right. Before jumping into one, but they're still affordable. I'm betting working on a '72 Rolls engine is still easier than working on some of the modern engines coming out now with well, true. 99% computers. True. You know? But so. I just think I think that that when I look at that, I think of uh, Jamie. Yeah. You know, in the chic outfit. Oh uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. I want to get some goose goose, <laughs> and he's cruising across the desert. I'm cannonball, and he uh, did such a great job in that character. And it's funny because it's like, I look at the Hudson. I think Paul Newman. Yeah. Turn right around, look at the Rolls Royce, and I see Jamie Farr. Yeah. And, and I don't think Mash. No. Like most people might Clinger. I go straight to Cannonball, and maybe that's just because I'm a car guy. 
Well, you know, a lot of people do, and a lot of people remember John Candy from Cannonball instead of some other things. And uh, well, John Candy actually didn't do Cannonball till the, uh, the third the, one, or no, the last one, the last one, which uh, Burt Reynolds declined to do. Uh, As, you remember, we met Burt, yeah, and we yeah, had an yeah. interview with him, but he declined to do it, and so they changed the name from the Cannonball three or five or whatever number they were on at that time. They, ch- I think it was the Cannonball three. They changed it to. Speed Zone. Oh, that's right. Actually, and, I got to go John, back and watch and John those. Candy actually started that. But before it, you know, you have Dom DeLuise, yeah. who was the fat guy. Right, Dom right. DeLuise Dom owned Deluise, that that's character the one I was with thinking. Burt Reynolds. See, yeah. I haven't watched the Cannonball movie since I was sitting there playing with my Hot Wheels while I was watching the movie. I mean, right. that was last week, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Oh, man, I get in trouble every time I go into a store and they have like... Um, they have Hot Wheels and stuff. I, I, it's like a, it's like you know you watch that movie with that dog and the squirrel. Yeah. You and I can have yeah, a big conversation. Like if I see an end cap full of Hot Wheels, I'm like squirrel. Well, you know, and my son is like that too. And half the time I'm sitting there going, No, we can't get any of these. Why? They're only eighty nine cents. Well, I know, but it's because Let's if I one. if I get him one, I yeah. usually have the other kids too. Then I gotta buy them something. Okay, but you have five kids. That's five bucks. You're out the door. No, because don't, don't even give me a hard time no, with that. Because my other kids are like, Oh, he got a Hot Wheel. I want the Barbie Dream Mansion in court. No, and I'm no, like, no, you, you, you don't know, get you that, say, so. Look, everybody gets a Hot Wheel. I, no, <laughs> or, I wait, or no Hot Wheels. I wait till their birthday. I just be like, you know what? On your birthday, I'll get you whatever you want. But like, I used to have the Stutz Bearcat Hot Wheels. You know, it was you, a cool car. You know what my parents made me used to make me do when I went to there and I wanted something like a Hot Wheel? Huh. They would make me read the card. And if I could read the card, then they would buy it. Well, my kids can do that. I should make them do sit-ups. Well, that would be good, too, because yeah. that would be very athletic of you. Exactly. You, know. you, you need to start grooming them so that you can retire. That's a whole other story, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not, we're not, we're not here at Kid Fest. No. We're here at Car we're Fest. We're here at Car Fest. And the Autorama Dan Cruz Auction. Now, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts shortly. We already, we're, the, we're the nuts. Let's find some bolts. We're going to get those right now. Okay. We're going to bring in Mark. All right. And he's also the brainiac behind this whole idea. Yeah. But he also owns a uh, repair shop. A big one. A big one. 38 base shop right here. Seymour. Seymour. Seymour Garage. Yeah. And he's not named Seymour. No, he's not. His name's Mark. Exactly. But he took over from a guy named Seymour, and he'll get into that a little later. Right. Skid Mark Show. There was so much going on in San Antonio at the Autorama and the Car Fest that Jeff and I talked about everything, as you can tell, for just ever. But we haven't even gotten to the head guy from Car Fest, Mark Kola, to tell us about this thing that he came up with, this giant, fantastic event that's his brainchild and his baby. So we decided to split this into two different episodes. And the next episode, the one where Mark Kola joins us and tells us all about the amazingness that is Car Fest is available right now and you can go and download it it's up there right now on itunes so turn off this one and go get the next episode of skidmark show skidmark show it's your favorite one night stand with no walk of shame the day after stream us download us like us share us and give us five star reviews everywhere you go skidmark show powered by Pizza.